Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And on this hour of the financial quarterback, we are discussing how to navigate the maze of taxes in retirement deferrals on your 401k, 403b, 457. And if you're a small business owner, we're going to give you tips on how to decode retirement plans. And You're entering your golden years should you rent or own a home. And Social Security is in the spotlight amid overpayment waves and unlocking relief in the $9 billion student debt eraser. We'll talk to you about Biden is erasing student debt, or is he? When we return, this is Josh Jelinski the financial quarterback. Also, how to strike gold with smart investing and driving into debt with sky-high car prices. Hey there, listeners. Are you up against a financial calamity or do you have a burning money question? Here's your shot to get personalized tips on the Financial Quarterback Podcast. I'm here to tackle your financial concerns head-on and help you draft a winning game plan and score the touchdown of your financial life. Just dial 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, and leave me a message with your question. I might just answer it live on the air in our next episode. That's 888-988-JOSH. Leave me a message and let me help you create your game-winning financial plan. Leave us a message and let me help you create your winning game plan. According to Kiplinger, should you consider deferring taxes until retirement? Imagine navigating the seas of retirement, or better yet, navigating your financial football game, only to find that you're being sacked with taxes on your qualified accounts. Many of you don't even know what tax qualified means. It means it's qualified via the tax code. So you get a tax break on the win, way in. The money grows tax-free on the way up. But when you take your money out on the way out, you got to banged for a toll of taxes on your retirement plans. It's a common approach waiting until retirement to pay taxes. But what if the landscape of future tax rates and unexpected life events could turn that weight into a financial whirlwind. There's a subtle undercurrent of potential pitfalls and unforeseen challenges that might just warrant a second glance at this widely acceptable strategy. As we delve into the complexities of managing tax liabilities, 
especially amidst the shifting sands of economic and legislative changes, it's time to ponder. Is the traditional path of tax deferral still the safest way to go? Or is there a need to navigate a new course? You know what? Many of you have done your 401k, 403b, or alphabet soup 457 plan. So here's the thing. Many of you are doing a 401k because you went to the little man at work or the little uh, lady at work or the big guy, whatever. You know, the person in the back room at your cafeteria when you're at your workplace luncheon and the guy says, oh, uh, I'll give you a free pen, give you a folder. I'll teach you how to do your financial planning. We'll teach you uh, what menu of funds you have for your 401k or IRA. And they say, you know what? You're going to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. Have you heard that? Have you heard that, Josh? I have. Who's telling you that? The internet. They're idiots. Here's here's why I always thought that was the dumbest tip. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Um, The big key is if somebody's telling you you'll be in a lower bracket when you retire, instantly fire that person. Because I don't know about you. I want the tax guy saying you'll be in the highest bracket when you retire because we're going to do such a good job managing your money. So that number one, if somebody says you'll be in a lower tax bracket when you retire, that person may be fireable. Like if that's your financial advisor, but I know, I know it's common knowledge. It's like one of these retirement myth conceptions. You'll be in a lower bracket when you retire, but that means you didn't save enough. Or that means the financial advisor did such a bad job of picking funds that you are uh, out of luck. You're SOL because the, the funds tanked. It's dumb because it defies logic. So if, if tax rates stay the same, you want to have millions of dollars in your 401k because that means you saved a lot of money. That means you grew it at a nice clip. And then, but why, why do people say that? I don't know why a lot of people say a lot of things. The average person is dumb when it comes to money and money myth conceptions. So one myth around 401ks is that you will be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. You've heard that? Well, I would say that whoever came up with that idea was dumb. Not the 401k. We actually, I actually (laughs) interviewed, I actually interviewed that guy. Oh, this is really funny. Ted Bennett is the founder of the 401k. We had him on the show. And so it's funny kind of interviewing all these people over the years because you realize like who's full of crap and who's not. So Ted Bennett is the inventor of the 401k. The guy literally is credited with being the father of the 401k. So He was interviewed by somebody, and you could look this up, how a local Pennsylvania farmer created a financial monster in the trillions. Imagine if you invented it. We got to have this guy back on, by the way. He was a great guest. 
Ted Bennett, 80-year-old man living in a modest farm in North Central Pennsylvania, born and raised, and he said, I created a monster. Hmm. Now, what's kind of crazy, so basically he said he created a monster, meaning there were good and bad things. He created it as a way for executives to save extra taxes. He did not necessarily create it to upend millions of people's retirement and to be like the chief way that people retire. And he actually is sad that people on Wall Street used it to risk people's life savings and to replace the traditional pension. But somebody took that quote and I also had this person on my show. Her name was like, what was her name? Pamela Yellen and another person named Brett Kitchen. And they basically made all these, they got a lot of publicity for saying the father of the 401k uh, denies his child. He hates the 401k. You should too. You should put all your money in cash value life insurance instead of a 401k. And that was not what he was meaning with saying he had some regrets about the 401k. And these people took his words lifted them out of their context and basically made a multi-million dollar advertising campaign against this poor 80-year-old, uh, he's probably not poor, he's probably done very well for himself, <laughs> Pennsylvania farmer, but he's a nice guy. So he was just kind of honestly reflecting on some of the regrets of his invention. Like there were some unnatural consequences, such as people. You know, back in the day, you had Social Security, you had the three-legged stool of retirement planning, Social Security, your pension, and your 401k. He never meant it to replace the pension. He never meant it to be like the number one savings vehicle for people in the middle class because it actually has certain problems. One of those being, if you did a really good job at it, you're going to get slammed with taxes when you retire. So. Isn't that funny how people could lift your words and then create a whole host of problems? <laughs> like That sounds like a lot of other things in the world. This would be a great podcast. This, you should just... Um, so he said, this is, is the question. How do you feel about the 401k replacing the pension? Get this. Well, that's not quite right. Historically, no more than 45% of private workers were covered by pensions. They were usually offered by big companies like Bethlehem Steel, but not mom and pop stores. When I met with a room full of senior executives about the 401k, I was nicely told that employees didn't need to save for retirement on their own. Bethlehem Steel would take care of it. So how did people afford retirement? It wasn't much of an issue. He writes, this was for a Forbes interview. There wasn't a lot of planning around. You'd have social security or whatever personal savings you managed to accumulate. Older people would end up living with their kids. At my family Christmas gatherings, for instance, my, my mother wasn't talking about her 401k. That happened among kids and siblings, but not in my parents' time. Family connectivity, it wasn't what it was. 
Also, you need to remember that when you go back to my parents' era, it was retirement at age 65 or later, which meant perhaps a 15-year event. Now you've got increased life expectancy along with the government employees making retirement a mid to late 50s event for some people. So he goes in and he talks about some of the shortcomings. And so basically it was lifted and then people used it to essentially say, Benna is disavowing the 401k. Well, it really wasn't the truth. So that's how social media can just rip apart things from its original context. So we're talking about taxes and the big money myth conception. You'll be in a lower bracket when you retire. But you might say, well, Josh, why would I be in a lower? Why wouldn't I be in a lower bracket? I'll be retired. I will make less income. Well, just think about that. If you're saving religiously into your 401k, you should have millions of dollars in there by the time you retire. And when you take out your 50 grand a year, 100 grand a year, whatever you need to retire, 10 grand a month, what's going to happen? That will go on your taxable income. So that would thrust you into a higher bracket because most people's three biggest deductions, according to the IRS tax code right now, are their home, home mortgage interest, their kids, and their 401k. When you're older, you will lose your three biggest deductions. You won't work anymore, so you won't be able to defer your salary in a 401k. You won't have kids still living with you, hopefully, and your house will be paid off. So those three things will drive your taxes up. So whoever says you'll be in a lower tax bracket when you retire, they don't understand the tax code. They don't understand deductions. And really, I wouldn't put my money with that person. And you have a growing chorus of politicians who want to soak the rich. And if all the rich people have 401ks and all of the regular people don't, or they only have 50 grand or hundred grand in their 401k, all they could, they could easily come up with a rule that says, you know what, anybody with a 401k north of $2 million, we're going to tax them. California does it, right? I mean, if you make over a certain amount in California, what's the tax code? It's like 13 to 15 cents every dollar just goes just to the state of California. So all these billionaires are moving to Texas. They're moving to Florida. They're taking their tax revenue with them. It's the same with your 401k. Why did, they, why did Willie Sutton rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Why does the government go after the 401k? Because that's where the money is. And our government's broke. So they'll think of excuses to get it. Now, there is uncertainty amid future tax rates. The looming expiration of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 and 2025 could usher in increased taxes. That's one thing, one aspect, according to the article, just the expiration of the Trump tax cuts. It will happen unless Congress and the president take over. Maybe Jim Jordan, uh, who's rumored to be the new incoming speaker, will do it. But you really think Biden is going to approve what Jim Jordan does? No. So you're going to have gridlock. And if a Democrat wins in 2024, the Trump tax cuts will expire and taxes will very naturally go up. But what I'm more worried about then the Trump tax cuts expiring because then it'll leave us with the Obama code, which wasn't the worst code on earth. The cap, uh, 
the highest tax code was 39.6. Now it's 37, but that's not counting state taxes. I mean, I think we should be at a flat tax, 15% of, you know, or 20% max tax. If God can live off 10% with the tithe, you know, 10% of your money goes to charity, the government should be able to live on no more than 20% of your income. Like we should have a max cap of what someone, regardless of their income, would pay in taxes. So I think what will happen, and when I'm, my bigger worry is not the expiration of the Trump tax cuts. It's actually the fact that there is a growing move in the US to soak the rich. And the rich is not those who make over a billion dollars or those who have a billion dollar net worth. It's anybody who makes more than you. So it's kind of a relative term. And so, so it will bring great unpredictability of future tax rates, coupled with required minimum distributions. The predictable thing is we probably believe tax rates are going to go up. So to defer taxes in a 401k may be a losing strategy. And Medicare premium surcharges, meaning when you're older and if you're taking too much out of your 401k, guess what? Medicare slaps you with a tax. That may also pose a significant risk, leading to higher tax burdens for retirees. There are other potential tax hikes for retirees. Number one, we talked about a potential spike in tax rates from 2026, pending congressional decisions on current rules, which could be on the horizon. Various life events, such as the passing of a spouse or a divorce, can inadvertently result in tax increases for retirees. Do you know what happens when you go from married filing jointly to widowed or divorced? You then file a single tax return. So then you have less to deduct. So you get taxed more if you're single. If you get married, you'll be taxed a little less. The possibility of Congress raising rates to accommodate increasing spending is a very tangible reality and will be accommodated. You know, Biden is sort of the last of the apparently moderate Democrats. Biden won the presidency appearing to be more moderate, but also appealing to the left. Same with Obama, appealed to moderates and the left. Think about the Democratic leaders in the next generation. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You got the, the squad, the members of the squad. They're more way left. And they believe taxes should be way higher than Hillary Clinton believed, or Bill Clinton, or President Obama, or even President Biden. So the thing that I'm more worried about is somebody a little bit more radical gets in and they really start to raise taxes. Now, how do you manage? We talked about qualified accounts and the problem of tax deferral, namely that you may not be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. But there are also problems in non-IRA accounts known as non-qualified accounts. Number one, holding on to appreciated stocks in a non-qualified account to limit tax liability in a particular year might not be your wisest move. It is crucial to manage risk effectively and consider 
settling a tax liability at, at a reasonable rate now rather than gambling on future rates. Managing capital gains in a non-qualified account, holding onto appreciated stocks in a non-qualified account to limit tax liability in a particular year might not be the wisest move. It's crucial to manage risk effectively and consider settling a tax liability at a reasonable rate now rather than gambling on future rates. As Ed Slot says, taxes are on sale. So what you do is you sell some assets now, take advantage of lower capital gains rates, lower income tax rates, and tax diversify. If you want to help in tax diversification strategies, call my office at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. And request our free book, The Retirement Reality Check, normally a $14.99 value on Amazon, Amazon bestseller. We'll give it to you for free when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. This is huge. The Accountant Lawyer Alliance is giving a free membership. Compliments of yours truly, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback and Jelinski Advisory Group. What is ALA, you might be asking? If you are an accountant or attorney, you need CPE credits. You need CE credits. You pay big money for that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you free membership. When you schedule and keep your no obligation review at 888-988-JOSH. Normally, accountants pay a ton of money for this membership. Normally, a value of $299 if you're a CPA, $199 if you're an attorney, $29 if you're a student. We are giving a $299 value to you for free. Unlimited live CPE credits, unlimited live webinars, you get to track certificates of completion in your profile, networking event access, all of it for free if you schedule and keep your no obligation strategic alliance review. We at the Financial Quarterback are, are seeking a limited number of qualified applicants. So if you're an accountant or attorney, want to professionally network with our Financial Quarterback, back network. Give me a call 888-988-JOSH. Tell my staff that you want to do the free ALA meeting. You will get the AL membership normally $299 annually. Get you unlimited live CPE credits and CLE credits for nothing when you become a part of the Financial Quarterback Alliance. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, talking about tax location. Everybody talks about asset allocation, you know, having so much in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. But when you're talking about financial planning, you also need to talk about tax location. The importance of being mindful of the tax location of investments cannot be overstated. Differentiating between qualified and non-qualified approaches and accounts and understanding their respective tax implications should be a key focus in retirement planning. Navigating through the traditional strategy of deferring taxes until retirement might not be as straightforward as it once seemed. 
with the potential for future tax rate increases and various financial uncertainties that retirees may encounter, it becomes imperative to manage tax liabilities with a proactive and informed approach. The journey not only to retirement, but through retirement may need a fresh perspective, one that considers the shifting tax landscapes, i.e. that soak the rich mentality and personal financial changes, ensuring a smoother sail through your golden years. According to Morningstar, SEP IRA versus Qualified Retirement Plan, which is better for small business, you got to navigate the choices of QRPs or Qualified Retirement Plans if you're a small business. It may feel like a financial puzzle. I'm going to give you some tips on how to put that puzzle together. SEP IRAs are often recommended by accountants for their simplicity and flexibility in contrast with qualified retirement plans like a 401k, which offer their own set of unique features and benefits. I'm going to explore these options with you. And this is the question, which plan, this is what you got to write down, which plan aligns better with your goals and needs as a small business owner, considering aspects like employee contributions, contribution limits, vesting schedules, and the possibility of loans and distributions. I will tell you, you read a lot of these articles, but what they often don't tell you is your employees don't really care about these things. Right, Jim? (laughs) The employee generally wants more money, like after tax in their wallet. So there is this push-pull effect But a 401k is a very valuable benefit. But employees don't like them as much as these articles claim them to be. Right, Jim? You know, it's it's funny how all these articles talk about, you know, oh, employee retention. You know what? Um, it, It doesn't always work that way. Tom will disagree. (laughs) ease and flexibility of SEP IRAs. SEP IRAs are known for being easy to set up and maintain. I will tell you, I like the 401k better than the SEP IRA, but most small business owners have a SEP. Do you have a SEP, Josh? No. What is your small business retirement plan of choice? Your wallet? Your mattress? (laughs) Gold. Gold? I got gold and silver buried in the back. For real? No. <laughs> are you an, are you a 72-year-old watcher of O'Reilly? <laughs> uh, Fox business? Was heavy. <laughs> it was um, passed down to me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I talked to... Anyway, those gold companies, they make a fortune. I was talking to some radio exec the other day. But you got to be careful. That's a tip. That's a financial tip. Don't buy gold off people just because you hold, hold them heard him on the radio. How do you know it's not, how do you know it's real gold? What if it's tungsten? You know, there was a scam <laughs> where gold was being sold and then people figured out it wasn't real gold. It was tungsten. Google yeah, that. That's uh, one of our articles coming up. Really? Yeah. Costco selling gold and people uh, sold out Costco's gold bars. Well, we're going to talk about that. So stay tuned to the financial quarterback. So SEP IRAs are known as being like the dummy option 
for accountants to recommend to their clients. They offer flexibility with discretionary contributions and are often highlighted as suitable for small business owners. SEP IRAs only allow for employer contributions. So employees can't put money in when you do a SEP. While 401k plans within qualified retirement plans permit participants to make salary deferral contributions. SEPs do not. So one big negative is if you do a SEP, your employees are not going to defer some of their salary. If you do a 401k, they can, which can lower your employees' tax burden as well as your own. The maximum contribution for a SEP IRA is capped at 25% of the employee's wages, while qualified retirement plans have varied limits depending on the plan type. So one reason I like a QRP over a SEP, even if you're a small business, do a solo 401k. Because if you make, let's say you're a small business owner and you make 30 grand a year, you can put 24 grand in your solo 401k. Whereas in a SEP, you can only put 25% of 30 grand. So I like a QRP or a 401k better than a SEP. Now, it used to be that SEPs were cheaper to administer, lower cost, but you can get solo 401ks that do very similar. Tune in to the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski, this weekend and learn how to protect your financial future in a down economy. Josh and his team at the Jelinski Advisory Group can help you lower your taxes and lower your risk in these uncertain times with a 27-point checklist designed to improve your financial health. Whether you're worried about runaway prices, fear of an upcoming recession, or a stock market meltdown, tune in to the financial quarterback and count on Josh Jelinski to call the play. For a free copy of Josh's book, The Retirement Reality Check, call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. Or visit Jalinski.org. That's J-A-L-I-N-S-K-I.org. Okay, and we're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, talking about SEPs versus QRPs. So a QRP would like be a 401k. And you might say, I'm a small business. I am the chief cook and bottle washer of my whole firm. Can I do a 401k? The answer is yes, you can. SEPs offer immediate vesting, meaning employees have full access to the funds right away. But I'll tell you what, a SEP is a very bad idea if you have employees because you got to put a lot more in so much so that a SEP is really only good if you have like zero employees and you're a freelancer or something like that. But even so, I don't see really the point of a SEP because a freelancer would be far better off with a solo 401k or a solo Roth because they could defer more money. The reason why SEPs are important is you actually, uh, the deadline for filing a SEP, it is normally, um, so for example, for 2023, the deadline is April 18th, 2024. But if you have a tax extension, you must make the contributions by the end of the extension period. So the reason why most accountants recommend a SEP is because the client often does bad planning. And if they put you on extension, so Josh, you're, you're, you're a freelancer, you own your own company. 
you go to your account and your account says, man, you're going to get screwed in taxes. You can't go back and do a 401k always. You can do a SEP for 2022's return and you have till October 15th to do that. That's really why the SEP is popular. It allows for flexibility. Uh, but, but, but generally, the reason people do a SEP is it's, it's a deduction you can take after the, after the tax year is over on extension, where with a 401k, you got to do a little bit more planning. So if you want to set up a, a 2023 401k, you can do that. But, you, but as of December 31st, you know, you're done. Whereas you can always go back and file an extension for the SEP. So it's not that your accountant is dumb by recommending the SEP. It's often that they're helping you when you're doing a return, which is after the tax year ended. So you really only have a few options. You can do a traditional IRA or a SEP. QRPs can implement a vesting schedule for employer contributions for your employee potentially influencing employee retention strategies. So with the SEP, Money's vested right away. With a 401k, you can set up a five-year vesting schedule and reward employees for long-term longevity and loyalty. Loans, distribution, and financial flexibility. QRPs permit loans, providing participants with the ability to borrow from their retirement savings. SEP IRAs do not allow for loans, but do enable participants to make distributions at any time, offering a different kind of of financial flexibility. Administrative costs and business considerations. Considering the administrative costs and potential complexities of managing each type of plan matter. You might be paying fees to pension companies and things of that nature. Evaluating which plan aligns with the business's financial health, employee retention strategy, and administrative capabilities are all important factors. Choosing between a SEP and a qualified retirement plan pivots on a myriad of factors from the ease of management and contribution limits to employee retention and financial flexibility. While SEPs bring simplicity and employer-centric contributions to the table, QRPs introduce a spectrum of options, including employee contributions, varied vesting schedules, and the possibility of loans. Small business owners are thus tasked with weighing these aspects, ensuring that the chosen path not only aligns with the business's present circumstances, but also supports its future growth and the financial well-being of its team. Sometimes these things can be costly, but you may not know this, SEPs, there's no cost to open up a SEP. That's the beauty of a SEP. There's no cost with certain uh, custodians to open up a solo 401k. And in many cases, the government will give you a tax credit for setting a small uh, business 401ks. And there are things called MEPs, MEPs, multiple employer plans. So there are so many options for you if you're looking into retirement plan. So if you're looking into that, call us at 888-988-JOSH. Mention the word QRP. That's QRP. You get my book, Retirement Reality Check for free when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. According to a Forbes article by David Ray, which is rent or own, which is the best housing choice in retirement? 
Embarking on the retirement journey brings forth a pivotal question. Do you rent or do you own? The decision often teeters between accessing home equity and managing housing costs. From the financial implications of high home prices and mortgage rates to the allure of a fresh start in new locations, retirees find themselves at a crossroads, contemplating only the immediate perks and pitfalls of renting and owning, but also the long-term impact on their retirement lifestyle and stability. So here's the point. Let's say you want to go. Uh, we, have, we have a lovely couple. Uh, they, we've helped them. They were from New York City. They moved to Arizona. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing beautiful sunsets over these Sedona cactuses and the sky and all these nice, pretty things. So they started to rent because they didn't know which neighborhood they would like, which town. Now they love that area. They're looking to buy. So my first tip is, if you don't know you really want to be there for the, re- for the last 10, 20, 30 years of your life, maybe consider renting. You can try different things. We've been able to help people. They try Italy. They, you know, they're, they're, they're renting a villa in Tuscany, sipping wine and eating Italian food. Hmm. That would be a great retirement, wouldn't it, Jim? Yes. So <laughs> uh, we, we can only be so lucky. The rent versus owning conundrum in retirement unfolds a tapestry of financial and lifestyle considerations each with its own set of advantages and challenges. But here's here's my biggest tip, rent or own. Owning is great because you build equity in a home, whether you're 30 or whether you're 60. But home ownership has costs. Who's going to take out the trash? Who's going to cut the lawn? Who's going to weed? Who's going to manage the pool? All of these other things. And maybe you're retired. Maybe you just want somebody else to deal with the trappings of home ownership. And maybe you want to be a free agent. That would be the benefit of renting versus owning. The next segment is Social Security Administration is reviewing overpayments, make clawback payments. We had this happen, man. Uh, I was approached by a dear listener friend whose spouse had just passed. And Social Security, these people are vicious. They overpaid um, an adult with a disability, and they are looking for clawbacks of overpayments, stirring the waters for 71 million people who rely on these benefits annually. If that's you, if you're getting screwed by Social Security in this overpayment, now I get some people, and one of our listener friends said, Josh, these people got more than they were supposed to. Didn't they realize it? A lot of them didn't. A lot of them, I had one client, they had cancer. They were dying of cancer. You really think they're going to be auditing their social security payments? Like, oh, uh, Social Security Administration, you gave me an extra $102 a month. And then their widows or widowers are stuck with the bill. This, this whole thing has to be a big problem. The government makes a mistake and a senior on a fixed income is living on that. That's probably going to be spent money. They got to do a better job with this. Amidst the upcoming release of the Social Security's COLA and the ongoing discussions around overpayment figures, beneficiaries and policymakers alike find themselves amidst an AC of considerations from payment accuracy 
to the impact of potential recollections on beneficiaries. Overpayment figures and recovery. In the fiscal year 2022, 4.7 billion of overpayments were recovered despite high payment accuracy rates. Misinformation is circulated regarding a 21 billion collection, a figure derived from the total historical overpayments. So they're going after old people because the Social Security Administration made a mistake. Now, I've had some people who say, um, you got to address Social Security overpaying because our government, you know, that's waste, fraud, and abuse. I get it. But we got to find a way then, you know, going after people. Social Security benefits are a critical income source for many with 50% of those 65 and older receiving at least 50% of their family income from Social Security. Imagine that. Imagine being so reliant on the government that you have to wait for that check every, every month. And if that check doesn't come, you're losing 50% of your income. Beneficiaries can appeal if they disagree with overpayment claims or request a waiver for overpayment collection with no time limit for filing. The Social Security Administration is mandated by law to adjust benefits or recover debts when overpayments occur, but waivers can be granted in certain cases. The ebb and flow of Social Security's payment overpayment scenario is unfolding a multifaceted discoverment discussion intertwining financial recovery, impact of beneficiaries. All this is a nice way of saying the government is screwing people again. So here's the thing. You're, you have an adult child with disability. You rely on that check for their medicine. You spend that money. Year later, government comes out your door. You owe us $10,000 because we've been paying you $100 a month overage for the last 10 years. What if they don't have the money? What are you going to throw them in jail? Like work out a payment plan? This is absurd. The government has to correct this. You know, we first had Larry Kotlikoff on about this. Remember him talking about this, Jim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we thought like, you know, Larry didn't take his medicine that day. He <laughs> was like unhinged. Somebody, and then we just got somebody. that, had- And we've had a lot of people who've been complaining about this and they're seniors. So I get it. We don't want them to get more than they were entitled to. But we got to come up with a better system because you're really going after people on a fixed income saying, hey, pay us back 20 grand. Now, by all means, maybe work out a payment plan if there was an actual error. But the government has to do a way better job of policing this. Call us 888-988-JOSH. I would love to meet with you, shake your hand, meet you over Zoom, give you our 45-minute ultimate financial game plan. It's a 27-point checklist, protection, savings, and growth, free of charge when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review. 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH.